Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Well, praise the Lord. I've been here before. It's good to be back. One of the encouraging things is when they invite you back. Amen. And so... I always take that as a good sign. Hebrews chapter 9, just a great joy, uh, great privilege for me to come and be with you, share the Word of God with you uh, in this place. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9. So this sermon was birthed out of uh, my move here. So in case you don't know, uh, my, my family, we basically touched down two weeks ago, and uh, it was a number of days before the trucks arrived, and, uh, and so we were in a motel for a day. We, uh, my goodness, I think we've been in a motel for two weeks. And, uh, but in this move, it was very interesting. I, I kind of got a revelation. I'm like, I never really thought about this before. So... I don't do the U-Haul thing. Uh, it, 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 you know, my, my wife has to drive the car, so basically my, my daughter, uh, one of my daughters, Shannon, she'll, she came from Chandler, and she helped us uh, pack, and then she helped her mother drive the car. I'm driving my pickup truck, pulling my motorcycle, and so... 
Uh, I don't do the U-Haul pulling the truck and all that stuff. One, I came to the realization, I got a lot of stuff. It took two semi-trailers to move, uh, a 28-footer. So you relax, it's not those big, giant 53-footer. It's a 28-footer. It's, it's called you store it and or you load it or something. And, and so you load it up and the truck company comes, hooks up the trailer and they bring it. So I loaded, me and my grandson, we loaded hundreds of boxes in, in these trailers. And they're broken down into two. One trailer is household. Everything having to do with the house. And I tell them, This trailer has to come first because our beds are in there, the appliances, our clothes, all the different stuff. The second trailer is hardware, my my garage and my shop, whether it's woodworking, tools, I've got a couple welders, uh, things of this nature. So this is my, my shop and it takes up an entire trailer. And so we're loading these boxes, and uh, I use those black and yellow boxes that you see many times, and then I also have probably about not quite a dozen of those big, husky, black boxes with the handles, you know, you buy them at, at uh, uh, Home Depot with the wheels on them. I got about a, not quite a dozen of those. You open them up. So, so as we're packing the truck, I'm like, What's in here? I I got these boxes. I don't even know what's in here. So I'm having to open the lid and 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 go, oh this this okay, this is household. This needs to go in there. It it could be mementos. It was pictures and photos and kids, you know, awards when the kids were young and 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 then there's other stuff. I'm opening it up and I'm like I've been looking for this. You know, it's like I have, it's called an angle drill, a half-inch angle drill. Most people don't even know what that means, but it's heavy duty. And I'm like, I've been looking for this thing. It's been buried under this in a box, in a cabinet, you know. So I came to this realization that we tend to pack things away. And sometimes we forget about it. But the problem is some of these things that we pack away are deadly. Sometimes they're bad memories. Sometimes they're bad experiences. And, and I'll explain it as we go. As a pastor for years, I've been in the ministry almost 40 years. Uh, next year be 40 years. And I've talked to many people. I've pastored, uh, I, I always forget, 11 or 10 or 11 churches. I don't know. I forget. But one of the things, sooner or later, somebody will come up to me and go, Pastor, I'm thinking of moving. Why? Well, I, I, I can't get my life together here. Things aren't working out here. Uh, I, can't, I can't seem to get a grip. I can't seem to get control. I got problems. I got this. And so... I'm 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 thinking of moving. People in the East Coast always want to move to the West Coast. People in the West Coast, guess what? They're packing up to move to the East Coast. And and it's and I always tell people the same thing. Listen to me, listen to me. I said, listen, listen, listen. You don't need a change of location. 
You need a change of heart. The problem, I said, is it, it, when you get off that bus, when you get off that plane, guess who's going to be waiting for you? You. And, but if I, can be, if I can clarify it even more, listen, listen, wherever you go, it doesn't matter where you live. I've lived, this will be my third time living on, in the East Coast. I've lived in the West Coast. I've pastored in Michigan. I've pastored in Texas. So I've literally been to the four corners of this country. People are all the same. And one of the things, when, when I say, listen, listen, when you get off the bus, you're going to be waiting for you. No, what it is, is what you've packed is going to be waiting for you. Because we tend to pack things away. And I, I call this sermon, Boxes of Pain. And I want to minister out of Hebrews chapter 9, two verses, verse 13 and 14. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God, boxes of pain. So I want to talk to you, first of all, about when we pack our pain away. So, like I said, I'm, I'm opening these boxes. I'm willing to bet you if we were to go to everybody's house today, everybody's got stuff packed away, whether it's in a garage. Some people have a shed. Some people maybe have an attic or a cellar. I don't know if they have cellars out here. And but but many times they'll pack things away. Even even in in my 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 closet, I've I've already started. I got my clothes and suits and and everything. But guess what? There's stuff that I'm like I I don't need this right now. They, you know I got winter clothes. I don't even know if you use those out here. But 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 I you know my winter clothes. I I I got them in a box and I put them on the top shelf in the closet because I I don't need those. And we tend to pack things away. Every so often, you know, I'll go into these boxes that are marked family photos, family mementos, and I'll take the box and, and me and my wife, we could spend hours reminiscing. We'll look at pictures and go, remember this. I, I, I got a picture of my son Paul. He was probably two years old, three maybe. And uh, we were pioneering uh, Havelock, North Carolina. He's this little boy, and, and uh, he's playing with this. He's amazed with this stick, you know. And I took a picture of him, and that's one of my favorite photos of him. And we'll, uh, we'll look at, at, at these, oh, remember this, and, and remember, remember this one. I've got pictures of of running uh, uh, long-distance races. My daughter, Shannon, I've got pictures of me and Shannon uh, where we're, we're standing there, you know, at the end of a race and, and, and we have our arms around each other. Someone took a picture just recently uh, here, um, the, uh, back in February, uh, my son Jason and Shannon and me, we ran... Uh, a, a Disney World run. And so here we are, 4 o'clock in the morning, 
uh, out there with 40,000 other maniacs. You know, we're going to run this race, you know, and, and, and so here's these mementos that we, we put away. Many times in these boxes are happy memories, but you know, the, the reality is we tend to box painful experiences. We have, there's a term, you've all heard it before, fond memories. Fond memories. That I hope one day when I go home to be with the Lord and they lay me to rest at the memorial, uh, people will be thinking of fond memories with me. Like, oh, I remember. I remember when me and Bob, you know. and, And these fond, but the reality is we have painful memories Things that happen to us that we wish we could forget. Maybe you've been violated. I've pastored wives, women, that I'm amazed in America. Like I said, next year will be 40 years I've been in the ministry. It's not the same America that it was 40 years ago. And I'm amazed how many ladies, how many women, how many young ladies have been molested They've been violated at a young age. And they carry this. You just didn't forget it. When something bad happens to you, you pack it away. You put a lid on it. And you store it. Here's Joseph, violated by his brothers. Not only, these are his older brothers. So he ought to be able to look at his big brothers and go, those are, those are my bros. Those are my big brothers. They take care of me. They watch out for me. They protect me. And instead, they violated him. Remember, they were jealous of him. They, they beat him up. They mugged him. They threw him in a ditch. And then later, when some Midianites are coming by in a caravan, they sold him as a slave. 20, 19, 20, 21 years, he's a slave in Egypt. Then he's violated again. Remember, he's lied about by Potiphar's wife. Now, he's, now here he is. He's this Jewish boy in an Egyptian prison. Couldn't get worse. And so we tend to file everything away. I had to come to the realization a number of years ago. Actually, it's when I was moving from Clarksville to California. I had to come to the painful realization. I'm a pack rat. I had this shed. So not only do I got my garage, I had this shed that I built with my own two hands in the backyard filled with different kinds of motors, you know, electric motors and various wheels and stuff. Because a wagon would break. Okay, the wagon broke down. Well, take those wheels off. Those, I, can, I, can, I can make a cart out of those wheels. So I throw them in there. Uh, a table saw breaks down. A grinder breaks down. No problem. Okay, it's broken, but that motor's still good. I take the motor off and I put it on a shelf. I had multiple electric motors. Never built a thing. Just sitting there, wheels, every kind of wheel. What size wheel? I got four inches, I got ten, you know, and never built a cart. But, but I had to come to the realization, I, man, I don't throw, I got a problem with throwing things away. I keep everything. I'm like, I can fix this. I can use this. I can use this on a future project. And we do the same thing with our painful experiences. We save them rather than throw them away. The problem though, is that what you store is going to come back. Just like giving. I told people when you give. When you give, it's like putting money into a bank account. You know, people go to the ATM and they go, 
uh, this ATM won't give me any money. Do you have any money in there? You know, somewhere you've got to put money in if you're going to take money out. And it's the same thing. Prayers are the same thing. You pray. You're not just praying for today. You're making a deposit for your future. Hell has a trap waiting for, it, for you. Hell has a crisis. Life has a crisis waiting for every one of us. Somewhere out there, it's just like, you know, how they name hurricanes. You know, they give them names in alphabetical order. Well, listen to me. Somewhere there's a hurricane with your name on it. And you, and you, you pray, not just now, but Lord, when my hurricane comes, I need to be making these deposits in prayer now. So when the crisis comes, I can go to the spiritual ATM and make a, make a withdrawal. God, I need you here. But that also works with our painful experiences. Somewhere you're going to open the box of a painful experience, a painful memory, a violation that you've stored away, and at a very bad time, you're going to open the lid off that box. I, uh, so part of moving and using these shipping companies, they stipulate on there, uh, if you've got anything that uses gasoline, the tank needs to be emptied. You can't transport gas. You can't transport anything combustible. You can't uh, 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 transport propane tanks or butane tanks, anything like that. You cannot transport ammunition. Uh, anything that can explode, you can't transport it. They go, you're responsible for your... So I'm driving my pickup truck, and in the back of the truck, I had three filled propane tanks. And sitting next to those propane tanks is a steel chest about the size of a footlocker filled with thousands of rounds of ammunition. Everything from 22 to 308 and everything in between. I had it sitting in there. Numerous boxes. My, my grandson, he, he helped me. These, this thing is massive. Massive. There's no need to chain it down. There's a big steel, you know, you put a lock on it. Uh, it, it you know, it, it, Grandpa, are we going to, ain't nobody running off with this box. <laughs> uh, two men can't, can't lift it. It's, I mean, we just kept putting ammo box after ammo box. So think about this. I'm going down the interstate. I'm basically a miniature bomb. If that propane goes off, if, and, and ignite those rounds. I mean, no firefighter on earth is going to be able to get within 100 yards to put the fire out. This thing is, it's, them rounds are going to be cooking off. That I'm literally transporting these boxes of danger. But that's exactly what we do when we file away our pain. Somewhere, what hell wants to do is to get you to open that box in a very bad time. What am I talking about? I'm talking about, give you an example. I've lost track how many women I've counseled through the years. Like I said, they were violated. And here they're hurt. Something happened. Molested by an uncle. Molested by a stepfather. Raped by a boyfriend. Whatever it might be. Now you fast forward, they're saved, they're born again. They love God. They're not wicked people. They're sitting in church just like you. But now this young lady gets married. 
and treats her husband like dirt. I remember one particular lady uh, in my church years ago. I, I, I mean, the marriage, I, it, it's just, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. Finally, one day, she's in my office. She's talking to me, Pastor, you know, and this and this. And it's always his fault, always that. I said, dear, dear, let, let, me, let me ask you something. Listen, listen. I said, listen, you married a great guy. Of course he's not perfect. Who, who is? You married, you met him in church. He's not out drinking. He's not out womanizing. He's not out gambling and doing drugs. He's in church. He loves God. I see him in the morning in prayer meeting with me. Comes to church. He outreaches. He gives. He's a great father to your kids. He loves you. What am I missing here? What am I missing? And I've had these women begin to cry and begin to weep and say, Pastor, I was raped by my boyfriend when I was 15. Or, Pastor, I was molested by an uncle. And on and on and on. And what they're doing is they're now transferring that violation to their husband. I remember one woman, I I had the same conversation. I said, what am I missing here? You're married to a great guy. And I, and I remember this young woman, tears began to flow through her, out of her eyes. And she says, Pastor, my mom treated grandpa, or my, my grandma treated grandpa like dirt. My mom hated my dad. And now I'm doing it to my husband. It, it could be curse you're dealing with sometimes that's been handed down. And many times it originates in a violation. It's not something good. Curse doesn't come out as a result of something good happened to you. Curse comes out because something bad happened to you. Something horrible. Something painful. And what we do is we tend to file it away. You've heard the term, we file it away. But in the sermon, no, no. We tend to put it in boxes Rather than kicking this thing to the, like, okay, yeah, no, I'm not going to let this influence me. Instead, what do we do? We file it away and we store it. I, I have a picture. I've only got one picture of my father. Uh, if you don't know, I, I might not have ever shared this. My father left my mother and I when I was five years old. He left us. And uh, I've got one picture that my mother gave me years later. In fact, I think I was already, I was in the ministry. I was saved. I'm in the ministry. And she came across this picture of, of him, uh, 8 by 10. So she gave it to me. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, all right. But I was pondering this in this move as, I, as I've got this picture of my father. And I'm standing, look, I'm looking at this thing here. I've opened up this box. Here's this picture. I don't have one good memory from my father. I don't have very many, just because, like I said, he left, I was five, maybe six. He left, and what memories I do have of him aren't good. I remember one time, we're at the beach, I'm a little boy, I'm at the beach, and he come up and he has his hands behind me, he goes, I got a surprise for you, I got a surprise for you. And I go, what is it? What is it? He goes, oh, you got to reach around and grab it. 
you got to reach around. So I, here's this little boy. I'm reaching around him, and, and he's doing like this. And I reached, and I started screaming. And he let go, and I'm screaming as a crab is pinching my finger. And I, I'm talking, I'm probably four years old. And I'm screaming, and he's cracking up. He's thinking it's the funniest thing in all the world. And I'm desperately trying to... to, to, to those are memories of my father. But one of the things that I made up my mind is I got saved. I was, I was bitter. I'll be honest. I was bitter. People deal with different things. I was, I was a, 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 an angry young man. And then not only that, I was a cop. That's a bad combination. And so here I, I, I got saved and I remember praying I'm not going to be my father to my kids. I'm not going to be him to my children. I'm not going to be him to my grandkids. Somewhere, listen to me, church, the problem was with we're storing these things away, we take them with us. Just like those wives, those girls that were molested, that, that were violated, they, they, they take the box. Those boxes got wheels, and they take them with them. Imagine Joseph, imagine the impact on Joseph here. Talk about distrust. Talk about being suspicious of people. That, I mean, time and time again, that here's Potiphar, you know, has relationship. He has, he has favor with Potiphar, but his wife put the moves on him. And when he rejected her, now she accuses him of rape. Now he's in prison. And then here he is talking to the, to the man. Oh, I'm going to remember you. I'm going to remember you. Yeah, when you... When you, when you get out of prison, remember me, tell them I'm here. Forgets, forget all about Joseph. So here he is, hurt after hurt after hurt. But he makes an interesting statement. Here he marries a, uh, a lady. He marries this Egyptian lady. They fast forward, they have two boys, Manassas and Ephraim. And he names Manassas, God has allowed me to forget my pain. Doesn't mean that 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 he his memory is wiped clean and he doesn't remember the violation. That's not what that's talking about. I have scars. I, I worked sheet metal when I worked construction. I did commercial HVAC, big big stuff, big stuff. And we used to say, if I can't walk inside the ductwork, it's not worth my time. I mean, we used to raise the the parts up with tractors and cranes, and bolt them together. As a result of years working with sheet metal, I got cuts all over. And, 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 I, I, and I can tell you the story. I can tell you exactly what I was doing. I can tell you what I was doing when I got that one. I can tell you what I was doing when I got that one. Why? Because it hurt. It hurt. It's a miracle I didn't get a, a, a finger, you know, a piece started spinning on a drill. It's a miracle I didn't sever a finger. And I can tell you. But, and so the scars are still there. But listen to me carefully, the pain is gone. The lesson is still there, but it doesn't hurt anymore. And this is what Joseph is saying. He says, God has helped me to forget the pain. So I still remember the offense. I still remember, yeah, my, my brothers did me wrong. But you know what? It doesn't hurt anymore. And then Ephraim comes along and he names him, God has made me fruitful in the land of my oppression. In other words, that in the midst of all this, God made me fruitful. Look at these little guys. Look at these guys. 
And Joseph made up his mind. I'm not going to let that pain transfer to my children. I'm not going to let my bitterness. I'm amazed. And I don't know if this might offend you. I don't care. But one of the things that amazes me, I'm in Tennessee. So I pastored in Tennessee in Clarksville for 12 years. And uh, uh, I'm amazed I run into these young men that are still fighting the Civil War. I mean, and I'm thinking, wow, Jasper, get a hold of yourself there. I said, okay, okay, you know, you know the war ended, right? You know, like 160 years ago or something, right? You, 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 you get it, right? Okay, but, but in their mind, they're still fighting the Civil War. They're still prejudiced. They're still, why is that? That's not something that came automatically. That's transferred. You're looking at great-grandpa there. Grandpa, dad. All it is has been transferred down. Joseph goes, I'm not going to let that happen to me, these little guys. That in the midst of all this horrible experience, look what God did. Look what God did. He made me fruitful. And this is what he can do to you. He can make your pain serve you. I learned years ago, listen to me carefully, write this in your Bible. God, a sovereign God, never wastes an experience. God's a pack rat. He doesn't throw anything away. He goes, I can use that. Even your painful experiences, God goes, I could use that. But you're like, Pastor, how? How in the world? How can, how can a, 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 a 10-year-old girl being molested, how can, that, how can that do any good? How can a woman being raped, how can a man that was violated, you know, his wife, you know, up and leaves him, how can all these, how in the world can this pain serve? Because one day, you're going to speak words to people going through the same thing. That one day, God's going to bring in a teenage girl that was violated. Someday, God's going to bring in a man who came home from work, and his wife is gone, left him with the kids. And you're going to speak words that nobody else can speak. That I'm talking... I can counsel and counsel and counsel, but you're going to come along and you're going to speak words of hope and comfort to that person and your words have weight. Why? Because you've been there. Because you've been there. I've had people go, you, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. Pastor, you, you can't relate. You don't know what it's like. And I don't. I said, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've never, I've never been raped. I've never been molested i've not i can't i can counsel you i can tell you what the word of god says i can give you guidance and direction but there is something about when you open your heart and you go i'm going to help this person somewhere you have to open the box and this is the part we don't like i remember years ago i had a young man he was in the army young you know, just full of life, full of energy, young single man, a soldier. I preached a sermon, and I don't even remember. I, I don't even remember what I preached. 
But I remember I'm in my office. I, I stepped off my, uh, the platform. My office was over where the bathrooms are. I remember I walked into my office, and he'd come in right behind me. And, and he stands there in front of my desk. I'm, I'm eyes welled up with tears, standing there. And, and I go, what's, what's up? And, and, and I'll, I'll never, he says, can I talk to you? Absolutely, close the door. He closed the door, and he sits down and begins to weep. I'm talking a soldier looking at me, sitting down. And he says, I was molested for years. I was molested by this guy, this family friend. I was molested. And I go, okay, okay. And, and he, he begins to go, Pastor, please don't tell anybody. Please don't tell anybody. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And he goes, I'm tired of carrying this with me. I'm tired. You know what he's saying, Pastor? I'm tired of pulling the box everywhere I go. And somewhere you have to be willing to open that box. Maybe it's at an altar call where you confess things. God, I need you to help me. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. Lord, you got to deliver me. I hate people. It's, it's hard living for God when you hate people. It's hard living for God when you don't trust people. I've had people where they confess things and they're so afraid that I'm going to go and tell people. And I go, listen to me, listen to me. I said, what we're talking about doesn't leave this room. And he says, I'm tired. I'm tired of carrying this everywhere I go. I, I, I don't want to live in torment anymore. You know what he's doing? He's opening the box. He's opening the box for me and say, Pastor, can you help me with this? Pastor, can you help me? Can you pray for me? I, I, everywhere I go, I take this pain with me. Everywhere I go. Because these boxes many times, this stored pain, some, all it's looking for is the right circumstances and that thing is going to blow. It'd be like me and transporting the, the propane and the ammunition. I don't know if I'll do that again. <laughs> but, but imagine if I got rear-ended. Imagine it's not even my fault. There's a traffic jam and it's raining. Half the time it was raining, pouring down rain. What if someone's not paying attention and I'm stopping for a traffic jam and the idiot behind me is on his phone? Imagine it would look like Hiroshima going up in the middle of the interstate. Because sometimes all it takes is the right circumstance and that pain comes out. Somebody says something. Maybe it's your pastor. He corrects you. He says something to you. He says, listen, listen. Okay, you know this behavior you've been doing? That's going to stop. That's going to stop. You're not going to act like that in the house of God. Ah, I knew it. Ah, I knew it. All men are the same. Ah, I, 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 today, dealing with the fatherless generation, grown men, I go to cor correct them. I've had them crying. I've had grown men crying, just like my father, just like my father. I don't even know your father. I'm telling you, if you're going to live for God, you can't act like that. I've told men before, be a man. My God, be a man. Stop acting like that. My God, your wife is looking at you. Your kids are looking at you. 
Oh, I knew it. You don't love me. You don't mean, I do love you. That's why I'm in your face. That's why I'm telling you, that's got to stop. You're going to hinder God. Hell's not going to hinder Him. You're going to hinder Him. But that's what happens, see, is we carry the pain with us. And then at certain times in life, we open it up, and here it is. I've, I've had people where, where they're so distrustful that, that it, here could be a young lady and this young man, you know, we're at conference and this young man, I'm talking young man of God, and, and uh, he goes over and, uh, 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 hi, you know, my, my, my name is Pete. Uh, what's your name? Get away from me. Why is that? Because she was violated. Here's God wanting to bless her. And she's pushing it away. Somewhere, church, you have to give access to God to open those boxes. Sometimes you have to talk to your pastor. You need special prayer. That you've come to, Pastor, I've come to the altar. I've prayed a hundred times. I've got, well, maybe you need to get your headship involved in it. That sometimes your pastor, this, this thing needs to be exposed. This thing, it needs to be exposed. It, it, and as a pastor, will you please pray for me? I pray for people, private issues. Through the years, I learn private issues. I have friends, even in, 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 in Chandler still, dear friends that, that I, I know, they've shared with me, they've opened up, and they're like, Bob, please don't share this with anybody. But, but they're, they're dear friends, known them for decades, and they, they, they open their heart for a moment to me. They, they open the box and they go, can you please pray for me? And they open the box. Could be their marriage. Could be a personal struggle. That I pray for people personally. That some, maybe you need your pastor to go, let me help you. But I, Well, pastor, I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody near this box. I don't want, well then you, you'll be carrying this box for the rest of your life. Jesus died that you could empty the box. Jesus died. He said, you don't have to carry this thing around. What's he saying in the text? He says, if the priest, I'm elaborating here, if the priest once a year walked into the Holy of Holies and he sprinkled heifer's blood in the Holy of Holies to, to, to cleanse for one year. Remember, they had to do the annual sin sacrifice. It was only good for a year. And even then, it was an atonement. That's a covering. He says, if, 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 if they sprinkled heifer blood for the atoning of sins, how much more will the blood of Christ, sinless, by the way, sinless blood, how much more will he purge our conscience clean? He says, your conscience can be set free. You know, we use the word salvation all the time. Are you saved? Are you saved? Or I got saved. I got saved, you know, 1980. I got saved. But you know, in the Greek, that word, sozo, salvation it has multiple facets it's not just i was forgiven of my sin it doesn't mean i I was set free from my sin it also means i'm set free from mental torment i'm set free from demonic influence i'm set free from sickness not only it means a physical healing that this why we can pray for the sick just like we did in the prayer meeting in the in the prayer list, we pray for the sick. Why is that? Sozo. That that be the complete, complete. 
What's he saying in the text? You don't have to carry this box around. You don't have to pull. He says, you know what, this morning, he goes, open the box. Open the box and let God, let God look in there. It could be an addiction. It could be a bondage. It could be a mental torment. It could be horrible memories, horrible memories. God, I, I, set me free. I can't sleep at night. Lord, take this pain away. God can do that. Where now he's going to make the pain serve you. He'll make that pain turn it around where it'll bring kingdom good, kingdom purpose. But somewhere you have to open up the box. Pastor, this is who I am. This is who I am. Lord, this is who I am. Yes, this is who I am. People see this when I come to church and, and you know, because we know how to act in church, don't we? You know, we know all the cliches. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we, we, know, we know how to act in church. But the Lord knows who we are when we're alone. And somewhere you've got to open up that box and say, Lord, this, this is who I am. Set me free. Set me free from the pain. I ask you to bow your heads this morning. Thank you for listening to this episode of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. When you listen to these inspiring messages, you are helping to send missionaries from the Chandler Bible Conference in September. If you loved what you heard, please send this message to someone that needs to hear it. Then leave us a review using the links in the show notes so that everyone who wants to find this podcast will see it when they search for it. We cannot thank you enough. See you next time.